Chapter 15 Answering the Fool In the last two studies, we have begun to look at apologetics from the biblical point of view. It has been observed that, number one, the intellectual outlook of the unbeliever is that of a fool, in the scriptural sense. Number two, the unbeliever proclaims a pseudo-wisdom, which is in reality a hatred and destruction of knowledge. Number three, God makes foolish the wisdom of the world and puts it to shame through his people, who are enabled to cast down every high imagination exalted against the knowledge of him. And, number four, in order to give an answer to the fool, the believer should follow a twofold procedure. A. Refusing to answer in terms of the fool's presuppositions, for they undermine the Christian position. And then, B. Answering in terms of the fool's presuppositions in order to show where they lead, namely, to epistemological futility. Here we find the prescribed course for giving an answer to every man who asks a reason for the hope that is in us. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15. The apologetic strategy rehearsed above meets the precondition laid down by Peter for defending the faith, that we set apart Christ as Lord in your hearts. By refusing to suspend the presupposed truth of God's word when we argue with those who criticize the Christian faith, we acknowledge the lordship of Christ over our thinking. His word is our ultimate authority. If we were to reason with the unbeliever in such a way that we trusted our own intellectual powers or the teachings of the so-called experts in science or history or logic or whatever, more than we trusted the veracity of God's revelation, we would end up the argument, if consistent, by agreeing with the unbeliever. In the language of Proverbs chapter 26, we would answer the fool and end up being like him. Also, by employing the apologetic procedure laid out above, we can arrive at the same conclusion as did Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, that the intellectual outlook of the unbeliever is at base foolishness. Consequently, we can rhetorically ask, where is the wise? Where is the disputer of this world? The fact of the matter will be abundantly manifest. God makes foolish the wisdom of the world, and he does it by the word of the cross. By demonstrating to the fool that his presuppositions can produce only falsely called knowledge, the believer answers him in such a way that he cannot be wise in his own conceits. Thereby this twofold procedure in presuppositional apologetics aims at argumentative success without compromising spiritual fidelity. It renders a reasoned account of the Christian hope as well as reducing all contrary and critical positions to impotence. It is to be remembered at this point, of course, that the apologist must do this destructive work with humility and reverence. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15b. A useful and instructive summary of the presuppositional approach to apologetics is given in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 23 through 25. Avoid foolish and undisciplined questions, knowing that they produce quarrels, and a servant of the Lord must not quarrel but must be gentle toward all, skillful in teaching, patient, one who courteously instructs those who oppose themselves, if perhaps God may grant to them conversion unto a genuine knowledge of truth. First, this passage makes it very clear that the apologist simply must not have an arrogant attitude in dealing with unbelievers. He must be gentle, patient, courteous, and unquarrelsome. 
These attributes come hard to most people who hold to strong doctrinal positions and who are diligent to defend those positions. It is easy to become headstrong and zealous to dominate your opponent. However, it is the opposite attitude, which is peaceful and gentle, that demonstrates that our wisdom is from above. James chapter 3 verses 13 through 17. Second, this passage teaches that those who are challenged to defend their faith must not consent to answer in terms of foolish unbelief. Paul commands us to reject foolish questions, that is, questions given from the fool's point of view. We are not to submit to the autonomous outlook which suppresses the truth of God. We are not to comply with the demand for agnostic neutrality in our discussions. The fool-oriented question is to be put aside. However, the avoidance of foolish questions does not take the form of silence, for the passage above indicates that we are to educate the questioner. An answer is to be given, but not an answer which conforms to the foolish presuppositions behind the question. Otherwise, contention rather than education will result. Third, it is revealed that the unbeliever opposes himself. By his foolish presuppositions, the unbeliever actually works against himself. He suppresses the clear truth about God, which is foundational to an understanding of the world and of oneself, and he affirms a position which is contrary to his better knowledge. He is intellectually schizophrenic. This must be made clear to him. Fourth, Paul indicates that what the unbeliever needs is not simply additional information. Instead, he needs to have his thinking completely turned around. He must undergo a conversion unto a genuine knowledge of the truth. Until this turnabout takes place, the unbeliever will have a knowledge of God which condemns him. Romans chapter 1 verse 18. But a genuine or sincere knowledge of the truth, a saving knowledge, can only come with conversion. The unbeliever must be taught to renounce his feigned autonomy and submit to God's clear word of authority. Finally, the passage quoted above leaves no doubt as to what the source of apologetic success must be, God's sovereign will. A man will be converted only if it is granted to him from God, since it is he who determines the destinies of all men, Ephesians chapter 1 verses 1 through 11. He it is who also determines whether our apologetic witness will be fruitful or not. Thus, it behooves us to avoid any attempt to improve upon the scriptural approach to apologetics. Our duty is to be faithful to the Lord's instructions. He will bless obedience to His will. Success cannot come by circumventing it.